Wouldn't it be great to have a podcast with a qualified host who can turn complicated tax content into easy to understand everyday examples? Well, finally, there is. Welcome to Talking Tax with Aiden Moran, covering everything taxation from individual to corporate, income tax, corporation tax, capital taxes, and everything in between. This is Talking Tax with Aiden Moran. Now here's your host, Aiden. Hello and welcome to this podcast. You're listening to Talking Tax with Aidan Morin, where we cover all things taxation, ranging from income tax to corporation tax to value-added tax. And of course, the main capital taxes being capital acquisition tax, capital gains tax, stamp duty, and of course, the local property tax. This podcast is aimed towards students studying taxation from a range of different courses, including the ACCA, Chartered Accountants Ireland, the Institute of Accountant Technicians, or indeed any undergrad tax student where taxation has been taken as a course module. Of course, anyone interested in the area of tax is more than welcome to join me as we explore the area of Irish taxation in the 21st century. So, to start, as a brief introduction about me, your, your host, well, my name is Aidan Morn and I'm a chartered accountant with the ACCA, a chartered tax advisor with the Irish Tax Institute, and I hold numerous other professional level qualifications, including a first class honours degree in applied taxation from the University of Limerick. I'm a full time tax and accounting lecturer within revenue. And I teach in a number of different colleges and institutes at the at the evenings and weekends. I'm also the owner of taxexams.ie, where we provide both one-to-one and group training in relation to a number of different areas within accounting and taxation, covering most colleges and most tax courses within within the Republic of Ireland. Today's topic is a basic introduction into Irish capital acquisition tax. So let's get started. So today we're going to look at the area of capital acquisition tax. What is capital acquisition tax? Well, it's a tax that was introduced back in 1976. And it's payable by individuals when we receive either a gift or an inheritance. And I guess that is an important point, that it is payable by the individual who receives the gift or inheritance. It is no longer charged or payable by the estate. It's payable by the individual receiving the gift or inheritance. The amount of CAT due will be determined based on relationships. The relationships between the party receiving the asset, known as the beneficiary, and the party giving the asset known as the disponer. And looking at the area of relationships, we are going to consider the use of group thresholds. And what group thresholds refer to is they refer to amounts that we can receive tax-free without giving rise to a CAT liability. 
There are currently three group thresholds, being Group A, Group B, and Group C. The largest group threshold is Group A, and that currently stands at €335,000. And this refers to, to the closest relationship, such as a parent to a child. We will go into a lot more detail later on or in subsequent podcasts in relation to various definitions. But for now, we can accept that the definition of a child is simply one's natural child or their adopted child. There are other individuals and scenarios in, in which individuals may technically be regarded as one's child, even, even if it is not in the, the traditional sense. The next threshold is Group B. And the Group B threshold currently stands at 32,500. Big difference. And this refers to still, still close relationships, such as, such as family relationships, but not as close as a parent to a child. People who fall into this category will be, for example, be brothers and sisters or aunts and uncles or grandparents and grandchildren. The final group threshold is Group C, and that currently stands at 16,250, and that's for everyone else. The final group threshold is Group C, which currently stands at 16,250. And this refers to everyone else, such as strangers walking down the street, or people listening to this podcast, or even your cousins. I have a problem with textbooks and sometimes our national media referring to these thresholds as lifetime limits or lifetime thresholds. But this is entirely incorrect. They are simply amounts of money that we can receive tax-free since a specific point in time. And that specific point in time is since the 5th of December 1991. So in English... We do not need to include or aggregate any gifts or inheritances that we have received prior to the 5th of December 1991. There's one last point that I want to mention around group thresholds is that I only have one of each group A, B and C. For example, I only have one group B. I only have one 30 set of 32,500 euro. In that my brother, my sister, my aunt, my uncle, my, grandpa, my, my grandfather, my grandmother. They can all, between them, give me a c accumulation of 32,500. It's not that I have 32,500 per person is I've got one group threshold and all these individuals or all these categories of people fall into that one group threshold. And when it's gone, it's gone. So we said that CAT was based on the receipt of gifts or inheritances. But what exactly is an inheritance? Well, it usually occurs when someone dies and they will usually leave a will or a benefit under their will or I acquire it maybe through the Succession Act, such as if someone dies without a will, the Succession Act will determine who, who receives what in terms of their family. 
if someone dies without a will, they they are said to die intestate. Comparing that to to a gift, a gift usually occurs when when you get something for free, or even something at under market value. So, for example, if I was to receive an investment property worth say a hundred thousand, and if I didn't actually pay anything for it, well, I've just received a gift worth a hundred thousand, and that may be subject to CAT depending upon the relationship and the group threshold between me and the person who gave it to me. If for whatever reason I decide to pay some money or consideration of, let's say, 20000 well, I've still received a gift, but only to the value of 80000 because the market value was 100 I paid 20 so the benefit is 80 And that's really how the, our, 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 our CAT return starts. The, the name on our CAT return is the IT38. And it always starts off with the market value of the current benefit. I take away my liabilities, costs, and expenses. And that is giving me my value that I'm going to tax. There are some other items in relation to group thresholds and the small gift exemption that we'll talk about in a moment. I want to go back just for a moment to to determine who actually has to pay this capital acquisitions tax or who falls within the charge to the tax. And really, it's like other taxes in Ireland. It's primarily based on an individual's residency position and also their ordinarily resident status. Who is ordinary? Who is resident in Ireland? Well, it's based on the number of days that you spend in the country. And it's currently at 183 days. So this means that you are resident in the state if you spend at least 183 days in any particular year. And we know for income tax that the tax year goes from the 1st of January up until the 31st of December. There is also an additional test that it combines the current year and the previous year. And if between the current year and the previous year, I spend more than 280 days, 280 days or more in the current and previous year, I'll also be resident. There is one small little proviso that I need to have spent a minimum of 30 days in each of them two years. There's also the concept that well, who's present in the state? It used to be the case that if you were here at midnight, then you were regarded as being in the state for that day. Um, it was all it was known as, I think, the Cinderella rule. But that's been abolished since roughly around 2009. So you really are in the state if you heard any any point at the time, any point during the day. There's obviously exceptions around force majeure or COVID or passing through international airports where you don't actually come into technically come into the country. You remain airside, but we don't need to go into them for the purpose of this today's podcast. We also also need to look at the area of ordinarily resident because ordinarily resident well you you'll be ordinarily resident if you're here for if you're resident for three consecutive tax years 
it's a little bit stronger than your than your than your residency position. So, for example, you need to be resident in year one, year two, year three, and you will become ordinarily resident in year four. Your ordinarily resident status, it takes three years to acquire it. But also importantly, it takes three years to lose it. So in order to become non-ordinarily resident, you need to be out, you need to be non-resident for, for, for three consecutive years. Why is this important? Why is Aidan talking to me about this residency and ordinarily resident? And the reason why I'm speaking to you about it is because this is what determines who falls in charge to CAT. And an asset, uh, a gift or inheritance will be subject to capital acquisition tax in Ireland if either of the three apply. Number one, if the person giving the asset to the disponer is either resident or ordinarily resident. Number two, if the person receiving the asset is either resident or ordinary resident. Or number three, it's an Irish situate asset. So you can see that it's very, very, very easy to fall within charge to Irish capital, Irish, Irish capital acquisition tax. But throughout the course of the next couple of weeks, you will also begin to see that it is very, very easy to get out of the charge to CAT. And I'm not talking about any form of avoidance or evasion or anything like that. I'm talking about using specific reliefs and exemptions contained in our Taxes Act, which will exempt an individual under, under certain circumstances. Drawings of large families. The first exemption that I want to speak about is the small gift exemption. And this is contained within section 69 of our legislation. But what it refers to is it refers to an amount of money that a person can give as a gift and the recipient, the beneficiary, won't have to pay any CAT. The amount of money is €3,000. So each person can give each other €3,000 per person per calendar year. It's exempt. We don't have to file a return in IT38. We don't have to reuse or reduce down our group threshold. We simply need to take the money and say thank you. It is exempt. If you consider, a let's say, a large family, Mark and Mindy. And Mark and Mindy are married and they've got five kids. They're quite old. And they have 150,000. 150,000 euro that they would like to pass on to their kids. They have two options. One, Mark and Mindy could leave the cash in their will. And assuming that the group thresholds have already been used, there'll be a CAT bill of... 49,500. The rate of CAT is 33%. So it'll be 150,000 at 33%. The beneficiaries would have a tax bill of 50,000 between them. However, you could each gift 15,000, so 3,000 by five, tax free to each kid 
resulting in a tax-free gift of €30,000 each year. And if they repeated this for the next four years, well, their 150000 would obviously be gone. So it would be 30000 a year by five years, and it would have been paid tax-free just by using up their small gift exemption. How much tax did this save? Save €50,000. So sometimes when I look at family portraits or I don't necessarily always see happy families. I see a tax plan. I see maybe 15 kids or 15 extended family members. And I multiply that by 3,000 and I say that each 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 parent could give them 45,000 each. So how, how do you get rid of 90,000 euro without giving rise to a tax liability? Using the small gift exemption is a common way that people do not have to pay any CAT. I remember my wedding invitations that we sent out to all our guests, inviting them to come to our wedding. And I wanted to put on the back of the wedding invitation a little note, letting all my potential guests know that each guest could gift both the bride and groom €3,000 without giving rise to a tax liability. I thought about it and I got in a little trouble for the suggestion. But it's an interesting point that an individual can receive €3,000 per person, per calendar year. You do not need to file a return. You do, need, you do not need to include it from your, your group threshold. You do not need to do anything with it other than say thank you. You've been listening to Talking Tax with Aidan Moran. Aiden is a fully qualified chartered accountant, a chartered tax advisor. He's a full-time tax and accounting lecturer and has over 15 years working in the area. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us at taxexams.ie. For questions and comments, send an email to info at taxexams.ie and join our Facebook group at Tax Accounting Training. See you next time.